praise that you, Lord, and we thank you for everything that you allow in our, in our lives, even the difficult ones, Lord, because we know you are there, because we know you're sustaining us. Strengthen our faith, Lord. We cannot do it by ourselves. We need you, Lord. And we pray that you help us to truly come to you, Lord, in mind and heart, our soul, to know that you are Lord. Help us in our discussion, in our sharing today, to honor you in your name, Lord. And everyone says? Amen. Amen. Oh, they're all awake. That's awesome. Well, most, I would say 99% are awake. Um, so, we're still here, uh, building on the foundation. We are already here on the church, and we talked about some things. We're going to move uh, maybe um, Sunday after next to spiritual gifts and then evangelism. So I think we have maybe six more weeks maybe eight of all this, and then we'll jump into another Bible study. Um, and I'm so glad you're all here. So last time, we talked about the visible and invisible church. And um, um, we had a great discussion about that, what's the visible and the invisible church. And... Uh, I think I misunderstood someone when they said in the invisible church we will all be the elect. And I think that's what we were talking about. That um, the invisible church, the one that God sees, not us, because we don't see you. We know your facade. We know some of you, but not all of you, like the Lord sees you. Uh, and yes. And we talked about that Christ is the head of the church. And we talked about the church is the body, Christ the head. And that we are called to be part of that body. And that we are baptized to that body. Any questions there? I think I always say I'm preaching to the choir, but that's okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. Any questions? No? I want to take two minutes because then we, we got into, into a question that was posed about Ukraine and Russia and the church and all of that, and we, we talked about how it will happen. Wars will happen, and it's biblical. But um, Esther and I will, were... Actually, Esther was, and she said, listen to this. So, um, yeah, I got to give her credit. Let me see if I can find it. It's more... Um, it's a, a quick devotional, and it's called The Fascinating Love of God by John Piper. Don't hold me. I know. Uh, but it, it's more uh, a devotion, devotional 
talking about abortion, but we can replace that with wars. We can replace that with any sin. Okay, so I want to read it to you because it, it really, I think it, it, it's applicable to what we were talking about. And it says, God is not only a God of terrible holiness and wrath, he is also a God rich in mercy. And so he sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him from God's own wrath, John three seventeen. He came not to be served, but to give his life as ransom for many, Mark 10.45. To lay down his life for the sheep, John 10.15. To bear our sins in his body on the tree, 1 Peter 2.24. To provide us with a righteousness that that comes not from law-keeping, but through faith, Philippians 3.9. And to reconcile, reconcile us to God, 2 Corinthians 5.18 and 1 Peter 3.18. All the children of wrath may become children of the Father through Jesus Christ. And we all say amen to that. An aging abortionist, after 3,000 abortions, can become a child of God. She could hear Jesus say on her deathbed, Today, you will be with me in paradise. Replace, I started a war. Replace, I'm killing. Replace, whatever is bad. Yes? I was going to say along that, what you're making, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. 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 Serial killer. Yes. Ask, ask Mike when we're done. <laughs> but no, it is. the same is true for the mother of five aborted children and for the selfish, responsibly shrink, shirking boyfriend and for the circuitous, shame-fearing, overbearing parent and for the desperate 14-year-old girl. Jesus did not mainly come to stop abortions in this world, or wars, or whatever you want to point there. He came mainly to die for the abortion-committing sinners. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Luke 5.32. There's one way to know God as your father, and it is the same for the people of Planned Parenthood, Russia, Ukraine, the Senate, whatever you want to put there. And the people, and he has his church here, and I said, for the people of Cornerstone Bible Church of Miami, come to Jesus. And that's the answer to the question. Are there Bible-believing people in Ukraine and Russia? Yes, they are. Do they want war? Probably not. But they are involved in that, and it's biblical. And I'm going to close right there, okay? And I know you have more comments, and we can talk about that after. (laughs) Because we want to go through some uh, stuff that we already know, but we want to cover because it's about foundations. And I want you to go, who can read Romans 
16.5 and 1 Corinthians 16.19. Mike, thank you. Romans 16.5. And on this side, John, 1 Corinthians 16.19. Mm-hmm. All right. That was, that was good. John, 1 Corinthians 16, 19. And we're talking about the local church. First, last Sunday, we talked about the church of God. Everyone who is a Bible-believing, Christ-dependent person. Now we're going to talk about the local church. Uh-huh. So that first church was meeting in the big, huge building that we're meeting today. It's a, it was a mega church. Aquila and Priscilla had an awesome, long, big house. What was their meeting place? The houses. The homes. It was their homes. Imagine that. When we started our men's meeting, restarted our men's meeting, we started at different homes. And they got big, and we're like, okay, let's move it to the building. And that's how, that's how things start. Many plants, church plants. Oh, let's plant a church. Let's find a building. No, we need a home. Acts 27. Acts, um, Troy, T. Roy. 20, verse 7. So they're meeting in their homes. When? The first day of the week. And I was going to get into a lot of why the Sabbath and then Sunday and when it changed and all that, and we would be here three weeks. (laughs) But everything that I read points to The Sabbath, in the Jewish context, it's the rest after creation. And the meeting of the Christian church is the saving of the world in Christ on the third day for us, for them, for Christ, which is the first day of the week. That's all I'm going to say about that. We can get into all the technicalities. There's a lot of them. But at the end of the day, it really, does it really matter that we do it on Sunday or on Wednesday or on Monday? It just matters that we meet as commanded to honor and worship and fellowship. And we're going to get to that. All right, so they were meeting at their homes, the local church. They were meeting the first day of the week. And then, oops, Acts 2.42, and I will read it for you guys. I had it here, and it went away. Acts 2.42. 
So those who received his word were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. So they met to be taught, to break bread, fellowship, and prayers. That's why when we have our service, we don't only call it, it's the worship when we play a song. Everything is worship. Everything we do for the Lord is worship. The moment that we say, Lord, we're worshiping. Music just gets us going. Mostly. But our prayer is worship. A reading of the word is worship. The sermon, it's worship. You're looking at me, it's not worship. Anything anyone wants to add? Local church. Us. Why we exist. The organization. Why things are happening the way they happen. Troyes. All good with you? Perfecto. Excelente. Now. Yes. The church is a hospital for sinners. The church is the hotel for sinners. We're all sinners. And it's a hospital because you get cured mostly when you go to a hospital. I say mostly because generally you do. And you come to church because we're connecting with the great healer. Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. That's how I understand that. Well, generally, you want to go to church to get healed of your sin, but As we talked about, it's for eternity, right? It's not just about this life. It's not about the average of 80 years for each person. It's about eternity, which is a long, long time. And we are, we are healed or we are saved of what? What are we saved from? The wrath of God. So we are going to meet God. Everyone will meet God. Everyone. Even those who don't want to meet God right now, they will meet God. It's whether you receive his wrath. And we don't talk enough about his wrath. And, that, and I'm perfect that you bring it up because I, I was going to bring it. It's not... It's not coming to the club. The club doesn't heal you. God does. 
is not coming to be entertained and checked. I got it done. No. It's that relationship that you live every single day of your life that is strengthened as we meet in the church, mostly on Sundays, but that's why we have other meetings during the day, and that's why I said we don't, it's not only, what if we can't meet on Sundays? What if the church can't only meet on Friday night or Wednesday or Tuesday? This is strengthening the fellowship, the teaching, the, the sharing of God, of His Word. And that relationship that heals you. And we talked about, just, we talked about just, just now, and I always go to the thief on the cross. The thief on the cross was dying. A terrible death for what he had done. But he was saved. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, turn the lights off so they won't see me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I, I get your point, and that is awesome. And let me, let me, I'll be with you, Osborne, in a sec. And, and it's, it's it, you see it when difficult things happen. And, and, and we saw it yesterday at, at Bob's funeral. When you see other people from your church supporting someone who had, I mean, not even a year, maybe a little longer than a year he was here with us. But he captured our hearts in such a short time, like no one, no one has done it in the 14 years that I've been here. And that is, that is because we had the lights on. And he built a relationship with us, and us built a relationship with him. And I think that's your point. Osborne. I, I, I want to I hang on to that, that word, appear. We're all struggling. We're all. With consequences of past decisions, with situations of today, and worries about tomorrow. Who's perfect here? Don't dare you. Don't dare you raise your hand. Mercy, oh, Lynn is, Lynn is, Mercy and Lynn, okay, all right, time out for you guys. But Osborne, and I, I, I get the heart that you're bringing. We are not perfect. Yeah, some of us actually showered today and did our hairs, and we want to we wanna have our facade and our makeup because they can't see me the way I am. We all struggle. I forgot. But we all struggle. And one of the things that I love about my church 
is that we let our hair down and we share our struggles. And we know that we can go and we can reach out and share and be supported. And that is what the local church does. That is the hospital. Sometimes we just go in and say, what's, what's going on? Oh, nothing. What's going on? <laughs> and it's okay, guys. It's okay. Mike. Yes. And listen, they're coughing. <laughs> yes, John. Amen. Amen. We're beggars teaching other beggars with bread of life. Yes, yes. And um, anything else? Continue on. Ephesians 4. Tony, would you mind reading Ephesians 4, 11 and 12? So in the local church, Christ gave us those beggars and he gave us apostles. And they were 12, then 11, and then they added another one. And then they added another one. And we can go to Acts 1, 21 and 22 and Acts 22, 14. And only those who were trained, selected by Jesus himself, are the apostles. Anyone disagrees with that? No? It's even Paul. Acts twenty-two fourteen, when he is when he is um, recounting, he says, and he said the God of our fathers appointed you to know his will, to see, the, to see the righteous one and to hear a voice from his mouth, for you will be at witness for him to everyone of what you have seen and heard. God himself appointed him. Apostles. And he gave us what? Prophets. Prophets. Hmm. We have some this that call themselves prophets. And then there's one coming in. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Kirk. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And then we have evangelists. Huh. It's called of God to carry the message of the gospel. By the way, all of us are called to carry the message of the gospel. In Spanish, el evangelio, the good news. We are called. But, but, but what? Yes. Go therefore, or as you go, make disciples. That is an evangelist. That's too much. 
That's heavy. But we are. Wherever we are, whatever community we're in, we're called. And our first community is our own family and how difficult it is. We've talked about that. And what else he gave us? He gave us pastors, shepherds, and teachers. Some say the same thing. To what? To do what? To equip and to build up. We're all called. Tony, read it again, if you don't mind, Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Hold on. For the work of ministry. Who's a minister here? All of you, raise your hands. We're all ministers. Go ahead, raise your hands. You're like, no. <laughs> Not me. Not me, please. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. We're all called to be ministers. Victor, I don't like you when you say stuff like that. Welcome to the club. Stand in line. But we all called. To what? Keep going. To ministry. Uh-huh. Building up the body of Christ. We're building up the body of Christ. To build each other. Mike's point in the hospital. Sick people healing other sick people. Building up. Standing together. You know, we break boards in my Taekwondo. And on my test, three weeks ago, I only have three tries to break one board, to break three stations. The first one, excellent. The second one, awesome. Holders, fantastic. The third board, actually it's two boards together, I'm hitting and those guys just went, whoop. And if they move, they're just absorbing my hit, the board don't break. So they're not doing their job. And I said, you do that again, I'll sue you. My lawyer is calling their lawyers. Because the second time, they did the same thing. The third time, I said, I want to switch them. And I switched, and I got it. Yeah! But the point I'm making is this. We have to lean on each other to absorb, to live the life of the other. Because we're called to build them up. You get the point? Maybe. If not, I did a terrible job. But it's, it's standing together, standing in the gap, standing with our fellow Christians. And whatever level they are, whether they're starting, they're rookies, or they're experts, or whatever it's called, in their trek of sanctification, 
We're called to be there, building up, all of us. Anyone have a comment? And I can't see the clock. I don't know what time it is. It's okay. Anything else? Anyone? All of at the same time? No, please. Okay. So, local church. And we have in the local church, then we have elders and overseers. Right? So we select an elder, our pastor, Freddie, and we would like to have more than just one. But the Lord has not provided continuously more than one. So, um, let's go to 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1. Um, anyone? Kirk. 1 Timothy 3, 1 to 7. And Troy, if you don't mind, Titus 1, 6 to 9. And we want to see the qualifications of an elder or an overseer. You ready, Kirk? One through seven. Any question on that? I know we heard it from the pulpit. Troy. Yes, sir. Let me ask you this. Who is perfect? No one. No one. Except Christ. What do you guys think? We're human. The elder, the deacon, it's just one of you guys. And I think that's, that's the problem that we see a lot in the church. We elevate those of us in leadership to a, a rank that it's impossible to live, maintain, because we're not perfect. We try the best we can in dependency on the Lord to do what is right for God and his church. To honor him in everything that we do. Not to please the masses. Because it's very difficult, very difficult to please the masses. I don't know if that answers your question, Kirk. Hopefully it does. Yes, ma'am. And we have full of stories of people that are that pastors and they grew and then all of a sudden we're like, what happened to them? And the ego, it just starts filling up and oh, goodness gracious. It's very difficult. Hopefully that answers your question. Yes, sir. But a brother reproaches the accusation or the behavior of the person. Because I want, you know, um, otherwise, 
then, then we can't do anything because we don't know how people are going to take it. No, you got to be yourself. You have to understand. Yes, sir. Don't be a stumbling block to someone. Yeah. Correct. Well, if I have a friend. Sure. And I agree with you, but I don't think, and I totally agree with that. But I think, I think we're, we're going about the elder and how he lives his life. Because I think we all do, we all want to make sure that we're not a stumbling block to any one of you. But we can't live our lives um, worrying about the perception that this is going to because we lose ourselves. Because everyone is elevating this role to something that cannot be. Now, we want to make sure that we're serving everyone and not just a clique. And that is very important. And that we are equipping and building up the whole church, not just a few. Mike has the hand, and then I'll, I'll come to you. I think. Yes? Well, I was just thinking a little bit of what was said. What yeah. Was bringing up. Accusation without merit. Merit, yeah. That, that's the key. Correct. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. But again, it's not the accusation. It's the behavior. And I, that's, that's all I want to... I wanna, Say, make a distinction here, okay? And I, and I get totally your point. We, want, we don't want to be a stumbling block, ever, ever. On the contrary, we want to build up and be part of that building up and equipping those. And we only know that, that we could be a stumbling block when we know that person, when we get to know that point, when we share and we let our hair down again and we are sharing and say, you know, I struggle with this. Then let me help you. Then we're not going to do that. Yes, Deborah. I, I always have a test. I always have a test. And my test is, is this person the same way on Sunday, as they are when they're out with their friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's exactly the point. Yes. Yes, sir. To Kurt. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. And I was going to say that. I was going to say that. I mean, he was accused that he's eating with prostitutes and, tax, and even tax collectors, which are even worse than prostitutes at that time. So the point is what she just read. We need to be true to who we are, and we need to fix what we need to fix. But we can't be something we are not. And we can, as a congregation, expect someone who we know who they are to be something else when they become 
an elder. So we talked about the qualifications. And now, 1 Peter 5, 1 and 2. And I'll, get, I'll take that one. 1 Peter 5. So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a par- partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Exercise, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God will have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being an example to the flock. It, uh, I read three also. So, an elder is the shepherd of the flock and an overseer. Anyone questions that? Any have a, a different opinion? So we do. The elder has some responsibilities towards you and be part of and help you and oversee the flock and make sure everyone is being equipped and being there. And now what is our responsibility towards the elder? Because we do have responsibility. Let's go to Hebrews Hebrews 13, 17. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of of no advantage to you. So we are called to help them, to not be a stumbling block to them. Obey your leaders and submit to them. And I'm not saying you mindly just do whatever. No. I mean, we have to be Bereans, especially when the word is involved. For they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. And you know what? In my conversations with Freddie, that weighs heavy in his heart. So I'm going to give account for each and every one of the person who are members, visitors, or come to Cornerstone. Every one of them. But I know the Lord is providing. He always says. And I love him for that. Because the Lord is providing for you and for him. Any questions there? Yes. What did I? When did we receive this? Correct. Anyone disagrees with that? No. And that's, that is something that we've, we've always tried to preach here, 
you know, we don't want to be pastor-centric. It can't be, especially our pastor who's bivocational. And we saw it ever since we had first um, um, Edwin, and it, it just it can't be done. Humanly, it's impossible. But we are commanded to be active ministers. Our involvement with our community. This is your community. And it's very important. Thank you, Kirk. Last but not least, and we'll close with this, is the role of deacons. Uh, We're only servants. We try not to. No, kidding. But we want to serve. We want to be active serving you guys. And uh, basically, what I have here is everything that is in our, in, our, um, in our document that we're going through on foundations. If you don't have it, let me know. We'll send it, I'll send it to you. Um, <clears throat> but the qualifications of deacons are exactly the same as the elder. You can go back to reproach, no reproach, all of that. Um, one wife... Household in order. They're the same. And for us, what I want to make a point is, what does Hebrews 10.25 says that we should not stop doing? Hebrews 10.25. Not neglecting... It's going to start in four. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. We're called to do that. And not neglecting to meet together. That is the habit of some. <coughs> but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Capital D, day. And that day is coming. The day that we're called or the day that he comes back. And every single hour, we're closer to that day. But we forget. Anything else? It's 1029. The point of all this is to remind us that we are, cannot be consumers of the word. We have to live actively in the word and for the word for God in everything that we do, including and especially as we come together to fellowship and worship. And next Sunday, Dayron will cover fellowship and worship in the local church. next Sunday. All right? Anything else? Anybody else? You all got quiet. Father, we thank you for your word. We can share, that we can talk, that we can come together to worship you in Bible study. Help us to understand Give us wisdom to apply what we learn, what we read, 
and truly, truly honor you in our lives. Be with our fellowship time and then with our service. Bless those who play the music. Bless Dayron as he brings our message today. And Lord, we need you now more than ever. We hear so many things going around, things that they don't speak of you, Lord, but we know you are in it because you're a sovereign Lord and you're providing for those who love you. Thank you, Jesus. And in your name we pray, amen.